I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Wednesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. I'm Paul Dottino. He's Super Bowl champion punter Jeff Eagles. We'll be here for about the next hour to talk Giants football with you at 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513. You can also get us on Twitter at hashtag GiantsChat. This program and all of your Giants archive programs can be heard uh, through your favorite podcast platforms as well as Giants.com slash podcasts. And a little warning today, the Giants mobile app, we understand there are some glitches so if you're trying to listen to us live on the app, probably not going to work during the course of this hour. We apologize, but we hope to have things fixed tomorrow. But the good news is, Mr. Fiegels, we the are good news once is, again... The you're, you're on the show with me today. Well, and that's that great, is very that's good news. such good news for you. In fact, that's great news. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. But even, even better, I'm sorry to say, is that we are live again, and we are taking phone calls at 201 939 Four five one three. Today was practice number seven of training camp. It was a full padded practice. The second fully padded practice of the camp. We had one on Monday. Shells yesterday. Full pads today. Temperature in the low eighties. Quite nice frankly, out. comfortable humidity though. It was. It was not. It was nice yeah, out there. Reminded me of a Al- Albany day. Remember? Yeah, very true. It was. It was nice up there. Never right. got real, real hot. Now, we can go over a couple of things uh, technically in terms of uh, the logistics of some of the stuff that went on, but I want to get your quick thumbnail impressions of what you saw today. Well, I think that, you know, what I like about Brian, Brian Dable is that he he comes at the beginning of practice and tells you kind of what to look for, right? That's, that's oh, kind he's of great a good about thing. that. So they, when they're going through their stretching and special teams at first, you can kind of get an idea of what we're going to see at practice. So third and long, third and short, you know. But when the pads are on, the emphasis is a lot is on the running game because that's when the guys want to hit. You're able to, you know, get that one-on-one looks for the offense and the defense, the linemen. So I think that things are starting to come together. I feel like 
Uh, now I'm not out of practice every day. I'm reading the reports and everything, but from what it seems to me that I saw today is I feel like Daniel Jones is starting to get a little bit of chemistry with his with his receivers, with his running backs. I think he's starting to grow a little bit more confident with the guys that are in front of him. Um, and also, I, I'm just I like how everybody's competing. I'm seeing a lot of competition out there, especially of those. You know, when you're in pads, you want to go to where there's hitting, right? I mean, we watch enough of the passing stuff. We want to go and watch some of the hitting stuff. Mm -hmm. So today I got to look at a lot of the one-on-ones that were going on with, with the linemen and then also the nine-on-seven, which is actually, if you look at it, I counted nine-on-nine. Nine. It didn't, there was not, there was, there used to be nine-on-seven. That was right. the old number. In fact, I think they still, I think they do nine-on-nine, nine, but they still call it nine-on-seven. Right. You know, so. Understood. Uh, that's what I saw out there today. I saw um, some good, good. 11 on 11. Um, I think the offense did well today, and um, it just goes to show you that they're working on that every day. I was just looking for my phone, and you're probably hearing it. There it is. And we was, now know was, where it was. And I was going to turn. I was going to turn off the ringer, which I just did. <laughs> and um, for those that don't know me, I leave a lot of stuff everywhere. Yes, and so you do. today I thought I left my phone in the cafeteria because I was going to try to turn the ringer off, and then I immediately thought I did and then someone called me and now it's ringing so anyway so back in practice did you want to get that during the middle of the show no 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 I don't I mean we could excuse you if you need no to. that's okay okay uh but I that's what I saw at practice today I just see a lot of you know um I thought there was a lot of energy for for guys coming back and you know just two days removed from the first padded practice so a lot of good things happening I think that the, the guys are getting used to each other getting used to the tempo of practice because remember these are a lot different than the OTAs and things like that so um and one thing about professional athletes no matter what position or what what game you play it's all about routine and these guys are starting to get into a routine i think they're understanding what to expect out of practice and what's expected out of them a uh, couple of things to get out of the way here it was first and second down and full pads that they were mostly concentrating on as dable did tell us okay. uh, earlier this yeah. morning um also to mention, in terms of guys available and unavailable, John Feliciano, the starting center, came back after losing several days because of heat-related issues. Mm -hmm. But he was back in there taking a bunch of snaps today, which was really, really good. Uh, in addition to that, uh, other guys who did not work today because of uh, various, and I say, again, various situations. A uh, coach was not specific as to why all of these guys were held out. Uh, but we have uh, Ricky Jones Seals was out today. Uh, let's see, who else did he say? Uh, Antonio Williams, Graham Gano, Robert Foster, and Rodarius Williams. None of those guys practiced today. Okay. And, of course, Aziz Ojolari is still doing stuff with the red jersey on the side. Yeah. He's no sort of sore hammy since before camp started. Yeah. And, and you know, there is there's this thing now in football where there's you know days where guys kind of get a break. Uh, Graham Gano is a little bit along in the tooth. Okay, he's in his 30s, so he's going to get a day off, even though he's a kicker. I'm sure people are like, "Does oh, he know you feel that way about him?" Well, no, I, I can tell him that. I've been there okay. and done that, so it's <laughs> I understand it. I just know that um, I used to have to fight for my days off when I was in that age, and you know, really, because mm -hmm. before nobody got days off. But I think that now that it's kind of it's very common for these guys to do it because they need it, um, and it only makes sense because. When you're out there at that age, and it kind of catches up with you a little bit. So, and I'm not worried about Graham Gano. Uh, nobody should. He's on his own. He can do whatever he wants, and mm -hmm. he's fine. Um, but these guys need rest, and and I think that it's, it's it's some of the maintenance days. And whether the coach will tell you that or not, when you do see somebody on the sideline that isn't, that you know that they're not hurt, you just know that that's probably what it is. All right. Uh, in terms of who did well today, 
uh, I've got to tell you. It was well, how, how, let me ask you a question. Yes. This is this is one of the things that kind of I don't know. It doesn't bother me, but I think it's kind of funny how a lot of us will will critique players on what did they do well or did they bad today or whatever it is. So in your mind, who did who do you think who did well, well today? Is this your is this your your opinion? Let me say after doing this for for forty years, um, it's not just the eye test, but I'm also watching the coaches and the coordinators' reactions to the plays. Very good. Okay. Very good. Because there's a little bit more substance to your answer there. Yes. I mean, you, you get to know this over the years. Mm-hmm. You, you realize that, you know, you're looking for certain things and body language when guys are getting pulled aside after a play, whether or not the coach wasn't happy or he's explaining stuff to him and pointing stuff to him or if the coach looks like he was happy with the play. Yeah. You, could, you could kind of flesh out your opinions by watching stuff like that right. after the play. Yeah. So I'd like to believe that my educated um, response to this question is a lot better than most people's. Okay. I do think Daniel Jones had a really good day today. Probably back-to-back days, right? A good day I yesterday. thought he was pretty good yesterday, yeah. too. Uh, Tyrod Taylor throws the ball extremely well and has done so the entire offseason. Mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley, just every day he just looks as explosive as can be. He He's just healthy. looks really great. He really does. Darius Slayton had his second good day in a row, mm-hmm. which is important because he's competing. He, he was inconsistent yeah. in the first. Well, two he's days competing. Of camp. He's competing for a job. Um, I thought Kenny Galladay Finally. made the play of the day. Yeah, on a spinning, reaching, climbing the stairs, fifty-fifty ball mm-hmm. against the Dory Jackson. Yeah, that yeah. was beautiful. Yeah. The play of the good day. Good to see that on a ball from Daniel. And Jones. we've been waiting for that. We've been waiting for that play, have, haven't we? Have we not? I have not seen that all that often, to be honest with no. you. No, and and I and I'll tell you this too, Jeff. You and I both know that there are guys who are not great practice players, but on Sunday they show up. Mm-hmm. Plexico Burris was one of them. Yeah, we both know that. Uh, some coaches can't tolerate those kinds of guys. Other coaches can, because of the production on game day. Sure. Uh, it's not the most conducive situation to have. You'd rather not have a guy who's a poor practice player but shows up on Sunday. But if he does, in a lot of cases, you can live with it. Well, you and by the way, you have to get to that, right? You have to understand. If that happens and this is happening all the time, then you kind of know that that's a trend. Right. Like Plaxico. Well, I mean, he didn't make it on time to the to the facility most of the time. So, oh, we know. So he that carried over to non-stop. practice. Stop. Yeah, well, all the time. But we know that he showed up in games, and a lot of coaches will will right. be okay with that. Some of them aren't, but some of them there's a little. So, you, what my point is is that if you start to see that this is how this guy his mo, then you kind of live with it, right? I mean, it's just the way it is. Well, I will say this: Galladay doesn't strike me as a great practice player right now, but. I believe I've seen enough of him with the Lions when he had his 2,000-yard seasons back-to-back yeah. to, back to know that he puts out on game day. Last year, he fought three different injuries, yeah. fought through well, them. Well, this is going to bring me to my point. And then when Mike Glennon was quarterback, the whole offense just fell apart. Well, let's just forget about so, that. Yeah, yeah, so I don't want that to, to label Kenny Galladay as a poor player. I don't want to do that. Let's, let's talk about this. You are a player who obviously were signed for the Giants for a lot of money to come here and play because of your resume, right? Mm-hmm. He gets hurt. You know how, as a player, that can be so frustrating when you are trying to get to that level again when you're injured. It worked injured. on his head. Well, it works on everybody's head. So what do you want to do when you come into the next season? 
Okay. So sometimes your practices might be a little bit reserved because you're still trying to think to yourself, I don't want to go through this again. So I kind of lay off a little bit, right? So that could happen in somebody's mind. I am not telling you that that's what's happening in Galladay's mind. I'm just telling you that we have to be prepared that if you have three injuries and you're going through the season and you didn't catch one touchdown pass, you're you're kind of excited about coming into the, to the season healthy and being able to help the team. To that point, Galladay talked to the media the other day and admitted something that not everybody knew. He spent most of the offseason here working with Daniel Jones, mm -hmm. going over the playbook and catching throws from Daniel Jones. Good for him. And he said it was important to him because he wanted to formulate that connection with Jones and get things on the right track as best as he possibly could. So in his defense, maybe he's not the greatest practice player right now for whatever the reason, including yeah. perhaps what you said. Yeah. But his offseason was focused and he was here. He didn't go home. He didn't go anywhere. He stayed here working on his game. That says a lot to me. It's a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean again, there's always the, the, the case where you don't want to go out there and not practice 100% because you think you're going to get hurt. I don't want to say that that's what he's thinking. He's I, My point is, is that when, as a player, and I remember this, and I was, fortunately, I was pretty healthy throughout my whole career, but there are times when I was had injuries that I just didn't want to, you know, you don't, you don't want to test it a little bit. So you just kind of lay off a little. But I think that he's a veteran. I think he understands his body better than any of us. And I think that he will be fine this year if he can come out of training camp healthy. And that's going to be a great connection. Because you know what? He climbed the ladder on that play. He really I was did. in the end zone. I got a back end shot of it. Um, and I, I said to Schmelk, who was sitting right next to me, I'm like, well, man, look at that. That's what we've been waiting for, right? And by the way, this team does have a lot of tall receivers. Those guys are the skyscrapers, as you like to call them. Mm -hmm. um, guys going up for, for balls and things like that. So there were a couple drop passes at practice today, which are no-no. C.J. Board had dropped one right in the bread, bread basket. Tyrod Taylor down the left sideline on a go route, Man. and he dropped it right in his oh, hands and just, Board yep. let it go. Wandell Robinson another had a drop, which is very rare from him. He has really mm -hmm. good hands. Mm -hmm. But that's practice, right? Um, now let's get back to Daniel Jones. How you he talked about having back-to-back -back good days. Now it's ironic that when Brian Dable had told the media about some of the things that he told Daniel Jones about throwing the football in practice, right? Mm -hmm. Throw the ball, take a chance, put that thing in there. Remember that was something he said back in minicamp and OTAs and things like that. Yes. Throw the ball so that you can be confident that you can make the throw. If you never try that throw, you'll never have confidence that you can make it. So I think that's kind of a little bit of a carryover from what we saw in the spring is now coming to fruition in practice in training camp. That's my take on it. It's very fair. And I think what really troubles me a lot of times is that a couple of things. And folks, I, I know you're, we have one caller on hold. And again, 201-939-4513. I'm going to say something here that Jeff will understand. I don't know if all the fans will, but I'm going to go for it anyway. There are several different styles of sessions during the course of practice. In fact, there are 11 different periods mm -hmm. during the course of practice. Some of them are individual periods where individual positions are doing their own stuff. Some of them are seven on sevens or nine on sevens. Some of them are 11 on 11s, which they call team drills, which is when you're actually mm -hmm. simulating game conditions. Whoa, don't stop. 
Well, there's a reason. No, no, you can't do that, Paul. Oh, special teams, too. Okay, thank you. Don't you ever go through a practice session without putting special teams in there. Pearson, did you see the steam coming out of his head? What the heck? You're absolutely right. Thank I'm you. sorry, Jeff. And I and I am always paying attention to special teams. I know you, you know are. that. Well, by the way, they start practice with special teams. Yes, they, not today one... though. They started with eleven on eleven today. Surprising. Um, um, they did today. No, they had they had punting before they did eleven on eleven today. Well, no, they had a walk through eleven on eleven. Right. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. But real practice. Right. It wasn't a team drill. Yeah. It was a walk through eleven okay. on eleven. Go ahead. I'm sorry. All right. Here's the point, folks. Eleven sessions. Eleven. Eleven all, periods. All of these sessions are taped. They've got camera guys all over the field looking at every single one of these sessions, and coaches will look at this stuff at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. When they decide how well, let's say, Daniel Jones did for the day, mm-hmm. they're not just counting his eleven on eleven team drill. They're counting all the other stuff that he did during the course of the practice. For example, if it's a one-on-one defensive back versus wide receiver passing drill, right? Mm -hmm. And Daniel Jones throws eight passes during the course of that drill and hits all eight of them right on the money. That counts as part of his grade for the practice day. The writers, when they write, Daniel Jones today went 5 of 13, he had a bad day. They're not even looking at the rest of the practice. They're not grading it like the coaches do. They need to change their grading system. Well, but they don't know. Well, let's See, teach them. They, well, I've tried. They're very stubborn. They don't care. They just want to slam. So here's the problem. If you don't understand the game and you don't understand what the coaches are doing and what they're looking for and how they evaluate a practice, this goes back to what you said to me before. You said, Paul... Tell me the guys who did well, and then I said to you, well, let me explain to you how I grade it. Mm -hmm. Because I've always taken my time to try to evaluate as best as I can from looking at it as a coach or a scout or a GM. I don't want to look at it from the layperson who doesn't have any clue as to what they're talking about and says, well, I just counted Daniel Jones was 5 of 13 and 11 on 11. Folks, that's only part of the grade. So when I tell you, and I've had this on Twitter before, I'll tell people, Daniel Jones had a good day, and then somebody will send me back, the writer said he was 5 of 13. That's not a good day. Yeah, but the writer wasn't grading the rest of practice, which also counts. That's why the coaches tape the whole practice, because that stuff counts. Well, if Daniel Jones was 5 or 13 and had a good day, that means somebody else had a bad day. Because exactly, <laughs> they drop right. passes, right? No question. Yeah, that and I think then everybody's graded differently. You have your own grading system during the season. You grade out guys, and the coaches grade mm-hmm. them out differently. It's what you see that makes something uh, in your mind as a good play, perhaps. Now, there's an offensive lineman. If you're a right tackle or a left tackle, and you're sitting there holding your block, but the quarterback is holding the ball, and you're in the pocket for four seconds, and there's a sack, you gave up a sack. Four seconds is way too long to right. hold on to the football. Who gets the bad grade? Exactly. So that's you know that's the things you got to understand. There's about so it. much that you have to understand to to properly cover a practice. You have to know a lot more than the layperson. And and by the way, just because the grading system here that we're talking about, it's very difficult for anybody to know if a player had a good day or a bad day unless you're in and you're in the building yeah. and you're in thing. Because here's the thing, um, how is the communication going? Okay, how how is your reads? Okay, the receivers. Brian Dable told the media that if you're a receiver in this in this system, mm-hmm. you have got to study. Correct. Okay. So that is not you're not you don't know about that. He mentioned yesterday one of the two picks that Jones threw 
was on the skill position oh, player. He didn't go. identify him, mm-hmm. and he said he slipped. Mm-hmm. It wasn't on Daniel. Yeah. Yeah, but, it was but, on the receiver, but, but, Daniel, but the writer, the writers but all wrote that he picks. threw two picks yeah. and he didn't do. He had a, he had a tough time. Yeah, and we can go. And of course, that was inaccurate. And you can go on and on and on and exactly. on about this stuff. It's so, like for me, like for, 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 there were times when I kicked a touchback, but the ball was put on the ten yard line and it rolled down there, and and the guy didn't see the ball and it went in the end zone. I right. executed the kick, but it just went in. So who's getting a negative grade on there? You well, get the, I am. You get the touchback grade and I, you lose the net I yards. I lose twenty yards. So it's Not you know your fault. It, it's. It's you got to be careful the way you look at certain things, and and I that's why I never do grades because I don't I know from start to finish there's so much involved in it, and Daniel Jones, he could get up to the line of scrimmage in a play that was called that is supposed to be run against that defense, and he audibles out of it into mm-hmm. the wrong play. We do not know, we will never know, and by Try. the way, you know on Sundays how much that changes all the time. Mm-hmm. The, the play has changed at the line of scrimmage, but everybody freaks out about the play because. They, you don't know if that was the one that was called or not. So the only thing that I will say on behalf of Jeff and I, Jeff because he played the game forever, and I because I've studied the game forever, we've got a better chance at making an educated guess as uh, more than most people do. Right. Well, but I mean, but they, trust us when we tell it's you, still not. We only know a percentage right. of what really happened. Right. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Unfortunately. The writers who know even a whole lot less and have a much less percentage of knowledge as to what really happened are the things that you read. And how many times have that's, we... That's, that's the unfortunate and part. And this is the funny part about this whole conversation is that how many times have we had a play happen in practice or a game that we talk about it and we talk about it and then all of a sudden the game is over and now the coach or the player is up there at their press conference, perspective, mm-hmm. whatever, and somebody asks him about that play and the player or the coach says something that turns the narrative completely around Correct. that we were talking about in a negative way mm-hmm. that now spins it in a positive way. That tells you, this, it just goes to show you there's so much more to a play than we know about. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Exactly. Anyway, 201-939-4513. We go to the phone calls. All right. Our first caller on the program, and it's Cliff in New York. Good afternoon. You're on Big Blue Kickoff Live. How you doing, guys? Great to be back with you. Yes, well, it's great you, to Alan. have everybody back. I'm tired of yeah. sitting talking to the guys across from me all the time. Well, listen, <laughs> I mean, you, 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 haven't, you haven't lacked for uh, uh, pumping me up the last few weeks anyway here. Good. Uh, I've got, I got a question about punt coverage, but before I get to that, sure. I, I want to, I want to, I really appreciate the theme of, you know, trying to get people to be more informed. I mean... Uh, I, th- I think that's what Wellington meant when he told his son, John, the advice was don't listen to the media. Uh, he meant the kind of thing that you're talking about. And, and I, I hope that John doesn't listen to the fans that listen to that media. Cliff, the but only anyway. thing I will tell you is, and we're very honest here on this program, uh, again, yes. Jeff and I come from a different world than most other people that you'll listen to or you'll read because of yep. our experience around the game. We'll yep. tell you, we will tell you, you know what? There's 60% or there's 70% of a play that we still have no idea about. We can only maybe know 30%. 
The problem yeah. is the people who are typing out the words might know 2%, and they'll tell yeah. you that they know 100%. It's, right. it, 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 there, there's a very poor perception there. We admit to you when we don't know things. We'll tell you that we don't know things because that's not a crime. That's just the way it is. We'll give you an educated guess based on our experience and knowledge. There are a lot of other people who don't have any of that, and yet they will pontificate like they know all of it. And that's, that's, well, that's the problem. Well, I'm down with helping with that any way I can, that's for sure. Listen, um, uh, with all the excitement uh, that um, about the the season to come, I'm trying to remember that these new guys were hired for a long term project, which goes at least a few years into the future, mm-hmm. and um, and I'm and I'm remembering that you know we had some agreement the last time we spoke about the roster uh, with that Joe uh, Shane and company took over was light years ahead of, of the one four years ago when the previous regime Correct. took over. We had some agreement on that. And, and, and I know that Jeff, I thought, during last year was, was down with that, but also had a handle on, on how far the roster needed to go. But as we, as we move forward, you know, uh, into the season, um, uh, I, 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 especially as we get down to the 53, we, we might begin to see what, what that longer term project looks like, because there, there sure are a lot of guys that, that, that sound good that may, maybe he lets some of them go to get draft choices for next year or something like that. But um, anyway, it's whatever that long term project turns out to be. I appreciate some of the history that you've thrown out there. Uh, because that reminds me of how we haven't had the long-term project except for a couple of stretches, and that maybe the one that we're building now might be the best one in the history of the franchise. Because uh, that 1970 game I was listening to on the radio, and and uh, our best defensive lineman went out with the same way Nick Gates went out, you know, with a broken leg. And the other guys on the other side uh, featured a Hall of Famer to be who became Dick Enberg's broadcast yeah, just partner. So people, you know. Just so people understand what you're talking about, that's the 1970 season finale against the L.A. Rams at Yankee Stadium. Rams beat the Giants 31-3, to uh, knocked the Giants out of an opportunity to win the division or a wild card, and they finished out of the playoffs at 9-5. and He's talking about Jerry Shea, who was a very talented defensive lineman who had his legs snapped in that game. And it was uh, not a pretty sight. It, it really, for all practical purposes, it ended his career. Right. And the guy on the other side was none other than Merlin Olson. Yes. Who ran amok. The fearsome foursome. Yes. Oh, yes. oh, God. And, well, they picked up fearsome foursome from our guys from the late 50s and early 60s. You well, know, Rosie we Greer was part of the Giants in the 50s and 60s, and then he got traded, and the Rams made him part of their deal. There you go. So, but But the theme in those days was, I didn't realize that when I came into the picture in 1960 that I was entering, you know, four years after the last championship to be until 1986. And, 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 we, and we were in the middle of losing five out of six championship games in, in those years. And, and it was obvious that, you know, when I look back later, that we had a lot of the great players from the 56 team that were still playing into the early 60s. And, and and we weren't able to keep it going, you know, and that's what I'm after with the long-term project. And in 1970, you know, we, we had this great run short-term, you know, with Fran and Ron Johnson and Tucker, 
and 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 then what what happened after that, you know, and what happened just before that, and I think that's what's that's what's going to be different than when when George Young came in. We 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 maybe we maybe that was our best run, uh, you know, and and uh, through you know eighty pick your pick your year whenever you want to say. I mean, it's not a history project that I'm after. It's just that this long term thing is 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 going to be with all the excitement, you know. I want to keep. I want to keep focused on that. I mean, I think in that vein it, John, was what John Schmelk was talking about when he said, I don't care what the record is. I know he really does care, but he didn't want to focus that much on this year's record, you know. And, like, where are we? The, how is the right. roster Cliff, coming? Cliff, what you're trying to say is you don't want a one-year flash like 2016, right. make the playoffs, and then suffer for exactly. years later. Exactly. Right, right. That, that, exactly. That's, what you, that's what you're talking about. I get Absolutely. It. I get it. And and I think that we not only got this roster base that these new guys can work with. What about the culture project? We're not hearing anything about the culture project. Maybe it was finished, you know, by the last regime. You know, there was a major culture project, uh, the locker room and who's in there and what it's like. And and there were guys that were hired uh, as free agents that were really more for that as much as they were for you know talent. And and it seems like uh, we 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 really set up for for a nice run. But um, meanwhile, special teams got a lot better last year. And and I noticed uh, that kickoff coverage was number one. You posted and that um, punt coverage was was fourteen, which surprised me. Not really, but because we had an inconsistent punter. And I wondered how much better it would have even been if that was the case. But I would. What I did remember seeing was that when punts were deep, we, we had guys down there at the catch or tackles for loss more than I had remembered seeing. And, um, but I didn't realize we had lost a few guys from those teams. So the, the We've lost a lot, Cliff. About yeah. in all three phases. I, I appreciate the points. A lot of good stuff there, Cliff. Please call us again. Uh, appreciate again. Yeah, have a good head on your you shoulders. Bet. Thank you so much for being rational and reasonable. Uh, call again. 201-939-4513. Jeff, anything there he said that you wanted to pick out and expand on? Well, listen, the thing about special teams, special teams is about depth, right? So the the more depth you have on your team, the better players you have, the better special teams you're going to have. So and when you're building this type of team and you're trying to build a, a winning team, it all predicates itself on having depth at, at certain positions. And that position is linebacker, uh, wide receiver, and some defensive players, mainly your, your defensive backs, okay? And some running backs in there. If you look collectively at this roster in the last couple of years, the depth has not been the greatest. So to have the special teams dip a little bit is a big reason why. Now, I look at this, this team here. I think Joe Shane, Brian Dable, the staff, everybody here is trying to build a winner, and they're going to build it through depth. You have the players you're building through the, the top three rounds, if we will. Those are your guys that are going to play, right? But after that, you've got to find guys that are going to play special teams in particular for the first couple years, move into the system, and then, by the way, the next year you draft some other people. And so that's how your special teams become good. Now, the base of that is what Cliff said. The punter, the kicker, okay? Graham Gano has a strong leg. He can kick it out of the end zone every single time. But also, that's not the key component to a kickoff sometimes. They, they place the ball. So you got to have a guy that want to, will be able to place it and, again, have a good coverage team. The punt team was – and he hit the nail on the head. Riley Dixon was very inconsistent. 
Okay. Uh, and part of the reason why there were 14 was because his ability to pin guys deep last year was not good. He hit a lot of touchbacks, which gives you field position and things like that. So I'm looking at the special team that's out there now. Guys are going to be covering the kicks this year. Um, there's a lot of speed there, but there's a lot of youth. So I would say that with Coach Mack and his ability to put these things together and scheme, they're going to be okay. Jamie Gillian is another guy that is going to be – you know, he's young and he's getting Scottish better. Hammer. He had a great day of practice today. Really good day of practice. Uh, nobody notices that. But the fact is, is that he's getting better as we speak. And and he's a guy that can he can flip the field. He's got a really big leg. Um, and so, uh, you know, between him, he's going to have a little bit of, you know, kind of growing pains here and there. But uh, he's left footed. That's going to cause some problems for guys. It always does. That's why Bill Belichick for years and years and years and years had left-footed punters mm -hmm. because he said one of the reasons he did that was he said, if I can get two fumbles out of left-footed, you know, because the guy's left-footed, then those are two two more turnovers we get. To explain to people, it's because left-footed punters, the ball spins the other way and it causes trouble when they're trying to navigate a catch. Right, and not and here's the thing. There's other teams, the punt returners, are they're practicing against their punter every, every and day. And most of those guys are right-footed, right? Well... There's teams, I've been on teams where we've had a left-footed punter and they've brought a guy, you know, uh, they brought a left-footed punter in to kick to our returners during the week. There's also, you can change the jugs machine to a left-footed punter. Well, I never knew that. Yeah. You can turn you can turn the wheels around a different How way. How about that? I did not so, know you And could by do the that. way, for those people that don't know what a jugs machine is, it's like a pitching machine right. where you know, but it but actually it, it shoots footballs. It's got two tires side by side and it shoots footballs out of the middle yeah. into the air. Just like it, it's a, it's an old it's like a it's a it's a pitching machine. That's what the jugs machine originally was. Mm -hmm. It was a pitching machine and then somebody had the great idea of turning the wheels a little bit different and putting a football in there. Pretty cool. Well, listen, you can turn that thing up to like 70, 80 miles an hour, those, the balls. you know, I mean, not the balls, but the, the wheels. It'll shoot at 100 yards in the air. Think about what you could do with that if that was like a golf machine for your driver to like get <laughs> yeah. you onto the green. Oh, my God. You'd be able to shoot that thing 500 <laughs> yards. I'm telling you. 201-939-4513. Paul Dottino and Jeff Fiegels here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. I am at Giants WFAN. He is at Jay Fiegels couple of announcements we want to make sure we get through here. Giant season tickets are on sale now for the 2022 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. Lock in your seats starting at just $100. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. Also, you can experience a premier hospitality suite watching Giants games and world-class concerts in 2022 as a giant suite partner. Limited full season locations are available or place a deposit for individual games. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit giants.com slash suites for more information. 201-939-4513 is our phone number. Phone lines are open. I know, folks, we were, we were doing tape shows for approximately a month or so as we had equipment issues here. And I think a lot of you probably kind of got lost with us and you, you didn't know where to find us or if we were ever going to be able to take live calls again. But we are back, and throughout training camp, the idea is to be live from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. every weekday. And again, to take your calls at 201-939-4513. Jeff, the guys will be off tomorrow. There will only be a walkthrough 
Uh, thank goodness, because I think the temperature is going to hit 98 degrees. That's going to be nasty outside. Well, they're also having on Friday, they're having a full scrimmage. So to go another right. day and another practice and, and you know, being uh, kind of unhealthy, really, if it's going to get that hot. Now, that'll be the blue-white scrimmage at the Fan Fest in MetLife Stadium. Uh, starts at 6 o'clock on Friday night. Coach Dable today did not indicate how he's going to run that scrimmage. He said he's still trying to figure a few things out. He doesn't know how they're going to split up the uh, the units or if it's going to be by situations or it's going to be by clock. He didn't indicate, but uh, he did say that all the coordinators would be on the field and on the sideline for the scrimmage. Hasn't decided yet if any of those guys are going to be upstairs during the course of games. Now, why is that significant? Well, you and I both know some coaches, like whether, or not they, whether or not they're going to call the plays, they want their coordinators downstairs. Other coaches don't mind if their coordinators go upstairs. For example, Kevin Gilbride was told by Tom Coughlin, even though Kevin wanted to be upstairs, mm-hmm. he told Kevin, you're going to be downstairs here with me. Now, one of the reasons was Gilbride had a great relationship with Plexico Burris. And Tom did not necessarily always get along great with Plex. Mm-hmm. And so he wanted Kevin on the sideline so that he could deal with the offense and make sure things ran smoothly with Burris. <laughs> Just a little background. Oh, I mean, he was your number one receiver. So you got you to gotta have communication with him, right? Sure. And by the way, the other guy that, t- that had great communication with him was number 10. So, mm-hmm. But he's on the field anyway. But Easy I, I, Eli. I don't get caught up in all of that because I feel like you know, if you talk to Brian Dable, he was up in the booth. He called plays from up in the booth, you know. So, and that's his prerogative. He he. There are coaches that feel like they see the game better up there. They can call plays better up there. I don't think that what in the case that you just mentioned, that was kind of a necessity <laughs> because Plaxico was that difficult to deal with that Tom couldn't deal with them. So he had to have somebody else do it. And that's, you know, of course, that's what it was. So. Um, now, often an offensive coordinator will be upstairs and the quarterback's coach will be the guy down on the bench. Sure. That's the way it works in a lot of places. Yeah, because those two talk a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and they're they're basically, you know, offensive coordinator one and offensive coordinator one B, right? Because they're, they're in the room. They're all doing that. They're, they're pretty good. They know that they know everything together. I, I'm okay with whatever. I mean, Mike Kafka, I don't know where he was the quarterback coach at Kansas City. Was mm-hmm. he on the I don't know where he was. I don't think it matters. Because all the only thing that matters is the communication has to make sense and that they get to play in. But to me, if you're an offensive coordinator and I'm looking at defenses and you and I have both been on the sidelines forever, it's very difficult to see things on the sideline, right? I mean, it, it, especially from a defensive standpoint, if you're an offensive coordinator, you're on the side of, of the plays. You're not behind. Now, when you're up, you can see it's almost like, you know, the, all the, the whole angles of everything. You can see plays. To me, I would rather be upstairs if I was an offensive coordinator. And for two reasons. Number one, I see the game better. But like you and I in a game, we got our stuff spread out all in front of us, right? We got making notes and we got things. I can't do that on the sideline. I got nowhere to put all this stuff. No. So I would rather be upstairs. Now, you know what's funny about that, though? The benefit of being downstairs, and I know from watching Spags on the bench, the benefit of being down there is you get more of a feel for the tempo and the emotion of the game. You can yeah, connect. Yeah, there's 100%. Right? You yeah. can connect better Sounds. with your guys when they come over and they're looking at you in the eye and vice versa with body language. You can get a certain vibe from right. that. Okay, so let me ask you this. And this, this is a great point. I want to I want to. And also draw plays <laughs> up 
on the dirt in the well, dirt too. Okay, so you got you have coaches like Spags, who is you know Spags is a he is such hands a, a, a hands on, uh, very personable guy. Loves to talk to you individually. Loves to to, to you know, those. That's important for a defensive coordinator or even you know those position coaches to be able to communicate with the players. You're not you can't do that upstairs unless I say, hey Paul, put the headsets in. Jeff wants to talk to you upstairs. That's okay. That's great, but you know the matter of you don't not gonna you don't have the the well, also that's a one on one relationship. You can't talk to a whole line like right, that. Right, right. So I, I think that that makes a difference. And then you know maybe the, the defensive coordinator puts a lot of trust in his position coaches for he can say, hey Paul, go to the D line, talk about this front. We talked about this in practice this week. Go and then and he can do the grease board. Mm -hmm. You know, meanwhile while he's flipping through pages trying to figure out how he's going to defend Lamar Jackson or whoever, you know, so. I, I I do at some point want to talk to Kafka and Martindale to see what their preference is. Whatever Coach Dable asks them to do, they'll do. But I'm curious as to how they feel about things. I'm curious things. if they I'm will thinking, give you the answer. Yeah. Martindale, I'm pretty sure, was on the sideline in Baltimore, but I'm not sure. I, 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 I'm I just picturing seeing him on the sideline. Yeah. And I remember seeing Brian Dable in the box. Mm-hmm. I don't remember seeing because all I ever saw was um, Eric Bieniemy and um, Andy Reid on the right. sideline. I don't remember seeing Mike Kafka. I don't but, remember seeing yeah. him. So over he there might either. have been upstairs. This is this is something I need to investigate. Well, don't go now. We still have the rest of the show. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. We've got about twenty minutes left on the program. Our phone lines are open if you'd like to give us a call. Um, what point? And I know. It's a little different for different positions. But at what point does the soreness finally start to dissipate in training camp? Well, so um, remember, I'm, I'm just I, I, I never had a I never had to hit in training camp. So the biggest thing for these guys is that they're conditioned enough that their legs will get tired and a little bit of soreness. And it's usually usually two days. You're, you're OK. Right. It's the neck that gets is longer because of the hitting because you're not doing any of that stuff in the off season. You're running, you're lifting, you're right. getting sore from those types of things, but the hitting that's where the neck muscles come in and that's where they have to be conditioned over a matter of time. And that takes a good week. That's what I've been told. Okay. So, and that's, that's kind of, you know, it makes sense when you think about it. Speaking of guys getting out there and doing things, Blake Martinez was able to take some 11 on 11 snaps mm -hmm. today for the Saw first that. time yeah. as they're starting to ramp him up. Interesting. We heard from Coach Dable, who told us that uh, Wink, Martindale that is, prefers to give the dot, the green dot, which means the play calls to the safety. Mm -hmm. So Xavier McKinney is going to call the defenses this year for the Giants. It will not be Blake Martinez, who did call the defenses the last two years while he was under Patrick Graham. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, the linebackers are the ones to call them. It has now become obvious that McKinney is probably going to be on the field for every snap every single Sunday. And for that reason, they're going to give him the dot, thinking that Martinez, and I'm going to take a wild guess here, he may wind up only being on the field for 75% of the plays. It's clear he's not going to be on the field for as many plays as McKinney, and that's why they're doing this. <sighs> yeah, I, I just, you know, for me, I, I, I see it in a different way. Um you have levels, right? Mm -hmm. You got working front to back. You got the three levels. You got the D-line, the linebackers, the secondary, right? When the linebacker is in the middle, he's setting the front 
right? He's helping the guys in front of him. He's helping. It's hard to communicate with the guys behind him because if he does, he's got to turn his back on what's in front of him. To me, it makes more sense that if there's somebody in the back end with the green dot to be able to communicate to the people in front of him, this is just my, my theory, okay? It does come into play about playing time because I don't know if there's an auxiliary green dot guy. I think you can only have one green dot on the field at one time. So That's there's correct. probably another guy that has a green dot because if McKinney had to go yes. out of the game, you just can't like give McKinney that guy's helmet that and go is in. So, that is correct. So my point is is that maybe um, you know, so that that's just kind of, but I agree with you in a sense, and I also I think it's also both that reason and I think that that Wink Martindale's reason too is being what I said. I it, Maybe or maybe not. That just makes more sense to me. Now, what is interesting is that McKinney has talked about he is probably going to play closer to the line of scrimmage this well, year he than has he has to. in the past. He can't be a deep safety with the green dot. Correct. Unless he has a really, really deep voice. And that, to me, <laughs> is also part of this. Yeah. Because he may wind up being the Jabril Peppers type on this team. Well, I mean, look at Eric Waddle as a guy. Who, Eric Waddle, if you look at the way he played. And that's what Wink did with him in Baltimore. Right. So... Go back if you guys are trying to if you're confused on what we're talking about, just go back and look at some games where Eric Waddle played for the Baltimore Ravens, um, safety, and just look at how he bounced around and he was the one that was called. Waddle, by plays. the way. Oh, excuse me. What did I say? Whittle? You said Waddle. Waddle. Waddle Tom Waddle was the receiver Tom for Waddle, the Bears. Yeah. Well, go for Eric Weddle. Weddle. Waddle. Waddle's also Dolphins receiver. Thank you, Pearson. That's just great. <laughs> yeah. Eric. How did you stick with Eric? <laughs> Eric. Okay. I've been oh known my. to butcher names. Before, That's all right. So. Paul said the uh, Ricky Jones seals earlier. Did I really? That sounds good, though. That it sounds... seals Jones. I said Jones seals. Yeah, but it, it happened. Well, wait a minute now. At least, at least I got his right name. I may have had the order wrong, but I had his right name. That well, remember my fear every year is that the Giants draft a guy with two first names. You know that, right? Oh, I know, <laughs> I know. Well, how about the fact that they've got a couple of Williams on this team, yeah. right? Yeah, they've got Leonard Williams, Antonio Williams, and Rodarius Williams. Nick, okay. Nick, how about that? Nick, Nick. Okay, you're right. And also, there's a coach with the Nick Williams too. Okay, so we're going crazy uh, right now. There's a uh, uh, two <laughs> Robinsons. Okay, that's. Yeah. That's tough. <laughs> okay, I mean, we luckily we, one's on offense and one's on defense. Yes, yes, but we we, we got we we got. We also issues. have multiple numbers, by the way. Well, right now we do, mm -hmm. but that won't be happening for too much longer. Thank goodness. Once we get to the cut down days, the punter's number seventeen, which there was a punter with seventeen once before. Yes, there was. I remember him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there was a punter with number ten too, and number eight. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, there was also a number 13, Dave Jennings, many years ago. Yes. One of the all-time uh, greats. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Anyway, 201-939-4513 is our phone number. A first preseason game is on the 11th of August up in Foxborough against the Patriots. And one of the things that I think we will all be curious about, and as we get closer and closer, I'm sure somebody will ask Coach Daybowl the question, and it will be, 
how much playing time are you going to give these guys? Mm. We have had this debate before on BBKL, but Coach Dable said something the other day that I thought gave us a hint when he said, yeah, you know, you want to make sure that you're, you got your guys are safe and you want to be careful and use your head. But he also said something that I thought really rang a bell. He said, you can't take out insurance on everybody. Mm-hmm. 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 That led me to believe we may see some more snaps from the starters than what folks might want to see. Okay. And so, and I'm in that court. You know that. <clears throat> There's a fine line. Okay. Um, the team that Joe Shane and Brian Dable came from, you may not have to worry about insurance, right? Because that's a team that's pretty loaded, has a lot of depth, have played together, mm-hmm. have been, you know the same systems, all that kind of stuff. Yes. This team is not. You still figuring out how who's going to make and play on this team. So I, I I say with that in mind, I got to believe that they're going to continue to play these guys constantly. You know, I mean, you can't protect everybody, like you said. And and by the way, I, you got to evaluate. Um. No, no, they're not going to play three quarters every single preseason game. No, here. I'm not advocating that either. But you got to have enough that these guys can go into the season that have played along uh, the line with each other, guys that have played in the secondary together, the receivers and the, and the quarterback. It all goes hand in hand. Uh, Pearson, I'm getting some tweets here from people saying the show is not streaming. I don't know if we can check on that. I know it is not on the phone app. But yeah, I do. It should be on the website now. It is still we on the had, website. We had some trouble at the beginning, but we it's did. back up. Okay, well, that may be why we didn't get enough phone calls. 201-939-4513. We've got about 10 minutes left in the program. We will take your phone calls if, you, uh, if you'd if you like to dial in. Uh, what do you want to see out of the scrimmage on Friday, Jeff? That's a good question. Um, if I'm a coach, uh, what I want to see is – I'll give you three things and not in any particular order. Number one, I want to, I want to have, I don't want to see a lot of, I don't want to see sloppiness. Okay. I want execution when there's a play called to the line of scrimmage, execute the play. Okay. There's going to be a winner and a loser on every play. You know that mm-hmm. I just don't want to be, have it be sloppy. Okay. Offsides, fumbles, things like that. Offensively, defensively. I don't want to see a lot of mistakes and big plays uh, things that are, um, you know, mis- mental mistakes. We saw one today with the touchdown down the sideline by, I can't remember who, who, who caught the pass. It was a broken coverage. Uh, somebody threw a pass and it was uh, CJ board. I think it was. Yes. Okay. There was a busted coverage. Wide open. Matt Breida also. No, no, it was Matt Breida. Matt That's Breida the one. had a Okay, a that was the one. Flat. Matt Breida came out of the left nobody, flight. Nobody covered him. Nobody was anywhere and, near him. And by the way, it was not the first read by the quarterback, but he has that sense that he looked out there and was probably saw the safety, and the safety was where he was not supposed to be, mm-hmm. which told him that somebody is open. He looked left. Matt Breida was open. Boom, 70-yard touchdown. Yep. I don't want to see that on defense, okay? Mm-hmm. And then the other thing, of course, any coach wants to see it in the scrimmage is that the tempo, but let's protect each other, okay? We're not going to go out there and going to be craziness. This is not a game. This is a scrimmage. It's a controlled scrimmage. Right. And meaning there's probably not going to be, you know, it's. I don't know if it's going to be tackling to the ground, but you got to be smart with each other. Interesting you mentioned the tackling to the ground stuff. Coach Dable said the other day, we may do some real live tackling in camp, but probably with the twos and threes. 
<laughs> Nothing else said. <laughs> if you can't read into that, then you need to start studying football a little bit more. <laughs> I can't really expand on that very much. We don't need to. <laughs> no, no. Uh, in other words, Saquon Barkley is not hitting the turf, okay? Let's make that very clear. Uh, by the way, I don't know how much you had a chance to watch him, but he just looks so much more energized well, is mean, that a good word? Yeah, because I, I think that let's all be real about this, okay? Fifth year, is he going to be a giant in his sixth year? Is he not going to be in a giant in his sixth year? The only thing that's really going to matter is how he plays this season. Second of all, hold on. Yeah. He's healthy. The yeah. guy is healthy. Yeah. So let's, let's let's give the guy a break. I mean, I mean, he, look at last year. He's off an ACL, okay? And he did pretty good with it okay but he wasn't 100 percent. i mean that. listen he's not 100 percent last year i don't care what anybody says at no time was he no but but he's 100 percent now and people are like oh my god look how explosive that's that's saquon barkley circa his rookie year yeah he, he <laughs> looks like that again and he did a he did a move today left side of the offense he made two cuts jump cuts mm-hmm. That's, that, that is that is his mental makeup right now that I can do that again. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's that's his thing. They they were just but, dirty. They were but, dirty. But they, they were dirty. But the jump thing cuts. that scares me about that jump cut is I hope he doesn't keep jump cutting behind the line of scrimmage like he's done when he was hurt. I get you know that. What I'm In this case, it was warranted. Yeah. And those are the kinds of moves that can break a defender's ankles because <laughs> well, it does. Sometimes. They were wicked. Two jump cuts. Mm-hmm. One two zigzag yeah and then he hit it upfield and that would have been a 40-yard gain at least well one thing that's made Saquon Barkley look a lot better is the ability of the offensive line and the improvement of those guys mm-hmm. um they're able to block a little bit better and I think that the execution that I talk about in the run game is to as a coach you want to be able to see that type of execution here's the other thing when you when you're a coach and you're grading film or you're just going back and looking at the scrimmage it's, it's all about the point of attack in those scrimmages. So what the coaches are looking for is that in that instance of that, just right when the ball is snapped in that point of attack and the blocking assignments and where the, where the running back is hitting the hole, after that, it's pretty much, okay, we understand we executed the play. Pulling guard, whatever mm-hmm. it is, screen, was everybody in the right position? Because in scrimmages, they blow the whistle quickly, right? Yes. And things are happening. There, there isn't any cut blocking. There isn't anything like that. It's all about evaluating the play, how it was called, and the execution up front and the one-on-one matchup. Me against you, mono mm-hmm. mono in a run game, okay? Or in the pass game, your protection. And then how the receivers run their routes, and then you grade the quarterback on how they throw them. Vice versa on defense. How did that, Was it man coverage? Was it zone coverage? That's how they're all graded on these things. Um, I also thought, as you watch today, especially on the uh, the running plays, and we know there was a lot of heavy running going on today. Dexter Lawrence. First and second down. He. He's a man on a mission. Oh, man. And he by the is way, bigger. His, he's bulkier. And he's his, stronger. Well, his first step is brutal. Like, it is good. And talk and pack some power. He's scary. Yeah. He really is. He's and, a scary human being right now. Well, I, I've been specifically watching that interior area with him, and He's so quick off the football and so powerful that he's dominating the line of scrimmage right now with those guys. He really is. Now, in most cases, uh, remember, until today, Feliciano has not been taking a whole lot of snaps in recent days. Mm-hmm. He was sidelined. So the Giants have had 
six different guys at one time or another rotating in, taking center snaps. Dexter Lawrence has has done a job on those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Feliciano just getting back today had limited reps. I don't want to I don't want to say too much about that because he's just getting back on the field. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would like to see more Feliciano down the road, but yeah, Dex is having a good year. So far. he's having a real nice camp and taking advantage of the fact that there are a bunch of reserves snapping the ball in front of him. Mm-hmm. Let's not kid ourselves. Well, I mean, the thing about it is is that you're a reserve for a reason, number one. And number two, when you're going up a, a bona fide starter against you in the NFL, he's going to win the matchups most of the time, right? The thing about Dexter is that he's so powerful that a lot of those reserve guys just don't know how to anchor against a guy like that, you know? Um, and he likes to bull rush you. So you got to combat it in a certain way, but sometimes you just can't because he's so quick off the football. And, um, you know, I think that I think he's going to do really well in this in this scheme with Wink. I think he's going to have a nice season. He did say that uh, playing inside more mm-hmm. where he's now in a number of snaps, more of a nose tackle. Yeah, he's not like a two gapper. See, the, the game's a lot quicker mm-hmm. for him in there. He mm-hmm. does notice that. Otherwise, he's just a guy who gets after it. Well, here's the thing. When, you, when you're closer to the football, your angle of mm-hmm. departure, if you will, and where you're trying to go and your responsibilities, rather than playing that technique a little bit further out, where you're going straight up the field, but you're trapped, you have an angle you got to get in, right? He's just straightforward, man. And he's taking all that 300-something pounds of him and just moving it. You think it's a stretch to say he's about 340 or maybe bigger? <laughs> I don't know. I know he's over three. I mean, I, I, I'm I taking a wild guess here. He's got to be about 15 pounds bigger than but what he was. But the thing about it is, is that usually those two-gapper guys, you know, that, that play right in the gap between that center and guard, they're usually those short little squatty 300-pound suckers or, that are just... Or they're just massively overweight pluggers yeah, who like just the become... fridge back in the right. day. Right, <laughs> and, and you just can't move yeah, them because they're yeah, just they're just sitting elephants. down yeah. and they're holding their ground. Yeah, but not, Dex is not only... He's, he's, he's a good 6'5", and he's a big dude. And he gets after it. He's active. Now, he's not just a, a guy who sits down and plods. He's the other, active. The other guy that I and I and this I'm not surprised when I say this because he he's certainly and you know he's been to the Pro Bowl. He's he's one of the better players in the league at his position. Is that you know Williams is having he's really looked sharp. I mean he has oh, Leonard Williams. Yeah. He had a look. He had a career high eighty-one tackles last year. Think about that number for a defensive lineman. That is a ridiculously mm-hmm. high number. Yeah, I, I feel like I don't know if he's lost a little bit of weight or what, but I just feel like he got quicker. I just feel like yeah. off the football um, that he's. He, I'm watching him, and he's just. He seems to be in the run game is just a plugger in there, and just it's. Uh, His it's, quality of play last year got lost in the shuffle of the mm-hmm. Giants not being a good team. Hey, I'll tell you something I saw Because he today. really got after the run last I meant year. To, I meant to talk about this real quickly when you asked me what I saw in practice today. Yeah, we got a couple today, more Today minutes. was the first time I got to see one-on-one uh, block, pass blocking yeah. in practice with pads today. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the periods. There's a there's 11 periods, right? right. Let's just call them 10-minute periods. I don't even know if that's... The, some of them... Some whatever. of them vary. Okay. So let's just say that that's a 10-minute period. And then right after that, they went into nine on seven. You can see the transition, mm-hmm. right? They must have ran in a 10-minute period. I'm telling you, those guys are like, boom, boom, boom. The, I mean, in and out. Mm-hmm. They wasted no time in that 10-minute period. There must have been 50 to 
50 reps in there of guys jumping in, jumping in, jumping in, jumping in. And that's a credit to those coaches. In the meeting room, they're telling the guys, this is how we're going to do this, guys. Right. You don't just go on the field and create a drill like that. That's what they're doing in the meeting room. They're going to tell you this is what you want to do. And by the way, if you're not doing it, they're going to sit you behind what's going on and you're never going to get a rep. Yeah. So you got to do what you're supposed to do in that thing. And I was impressed with that. I was, it was awesome because I got to see a lot. One other thought before we close this thing out. Ryan Dable today explained to the writers that when he's watching a play, he's not as much interested right now in the result of the play on the practice field as much as he is the details of how the play was run. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. Exactly. Which, which you alluded to. 100%. He, he, he expanded on that and was very specific about it. He's like, you know what? We can have a completed pass, but there were a lot of things in that play that went wrong. Mm -hmm. And when I grade that play, that's I'm not happy with that play mm -hmm. because I got to fix a bunch of stuff and vice versa. Yeah. We could have an incompleted pass, but everything that we did leading up to that pass play was correct. Yeah. That And he says, so what I want to see is consistency. Well, sure. Look at all the offenses around the NFL that are consistently putting up points and, and production. It's all about consistency. It's about having good plays. And by the way, it's execution. You got to run. If you run 70 plays in a game offensively, okay, I don't know what the percentage is that the uh, coach is happy that they ran 60 of the 70 were the ones. It's probably a higher, lower than that. But mm -hmm. the fact is that all 11 guys are on the same play doing the same thing correctly. That's going to be a win. That's going to be a win. And that's now. That's during training camp. That's not during the season. Mm -mm. Okay, during the season you want results. But now there's a different mission. Well, there's a build, they're building blocks. They're building blocks, yep. okay? This is only the seventh practice of, of, the, off, of the training camp. It's, they're building blocks. They're building, they're building, they're building. And what I want to be as a coach, real quickly, I know we got to go. I don't want to see the same mistake. I don't want to see what right. you did yesterday happen again today. That's a big thing. Great stuff. Thank you. Paul DeTito and Jeff Eagles on Big Blue Kickoff Live today. We thank you for joining us. 201-939-4513 is the phone number. We're back every weekday live from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. You can always catch BBKL as part of the Giants platforms everywhere and Giants.com slash podcasts. So long, everybody. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.